Zechariah had a famous son and nephew. His story is a dynamic one. It goes something like this. Zechariah was a priest in the line of Levi. He married a woman named Elizabeth, also a Levite in the line of Aaron. Their destinies were tied to service in the temple. He served in the division of Abijah. There were 24 divisions of priests, all named after the 24 descendants of Aaron. Now, both Zechariah and Elizabeth were found to be righteous before God and blameless. As for character, that's not shabby. They were childless because Elizabeth was barren. This appeared to be a lot in life that they eventually accepted. Serving in the temple, Zechariah probably prayed about this often, but as seasons passed by, they were without children. Now it's approaching the first Noel, only no one knows this at the time. Zechariah was chosen by lot in his division to enter the sanctuary of the Lord to offer incense. Now all I need to tell you is that this is a big deal. Zechariah serves in the afternoon public offering, and as far as assignments go in the priesthood, this was basically a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. In the afternoon sacrifice, the incense was last. The assigned priest and two assistants carried the burning coals from the greater, great altar into the chamber of the holy place to burn incense on the altar of incense, made of gold-plated wood and located in the center of the room before the veil separating the holy place from the most holy place. The assistants would exit the room, leaving the priest alone in the sanctuary as he would lay the incense on the coals at the signal of the presiding high priest and prostrate himself in prayer. This was the closest anyone could ever get to the Holy of Holies who wasn't the high priest. Zechariah must have felt some extreme performance anxiety and pressure. Now the scriptures tell us that a great crowd was waiting outside for this worship portion. At this time, an angel, Gabriel, appears and informs him that Elizabeth is with child and that he is to be named John. John is to be pure, the forerunner of the coming Messiah, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Zechariah is asked to believe that God will once again give a child to an older, barren couple. Only Zechariah doesn't believe this and responds, How will I know? Now this question is at the heart of so many prayers. Sometimes it sounds like this, Give me a sign, Lord. If this sits at the base of your spiritual life, then know that you're not alone. It's been said that we use prayer as boatmen uses boat hook, to pull the boat to the shore and not to try to pull the shore to the boat. It's no wonder that peace is hard to come by. There are so many shores that are trying to be pulled. This appears to be the case with Zechariah and at the heart of his question, how will I know? The sign he asked Gabriel for is punitive. He is to be mute, unable to speak for the duration of the pregnancy. For all his righteousness, Zechariah was not at peace. Perhaps his hopes had been raised so many times and then dashed so that he could not bring himself to dare to believe. He did not want to go through the pain of disappointment again. Perhaps the routine of all his priestly activity caused him to forget that God remembers and fulfills his promises. If this is true that hope is like oxygen for the soul, then Zechariah needed an oxygen tank and a respirator. In praying, Christians may only go through the motions without faith that God will answer. Or there may be little interest in seeing how God might answer prayers. A lack of anticipation that anything will ever change can lead to spiritual lethargy, leading to a mute voice about the hope and peace that God's promises awaken. 
This Christmas season, as Zechariah learned the hard way, is a season that ushers in peace. The question is, do you believe this? Or are you hardened like Zechariah, going through the seasonal motions and responding with, how will I know? Zechariah does not speak the entire duration of Elizabeth's pregnancy. The scripture says that the boy is born, and they came to circumcise him on the eighth day. Those there assumed that they would name the boy Zechariah after his father, but Elizabeth said, no, he will be called John. This confused everyone. They pleaded with her because that was not the family name. Zechariah then grabbed a tablet and wrote, his name is John. And the Bible says that he was immediately freed from his inability to speak, and everyone was in awe. We are fortunate because we have the record of Zechariah's words when he finally vocalized them. Filled with the Holy Spirit, he said this, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord and prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give us light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Zechariah's prophecy that gathers the people of God in the way of peace serves as a reminder that the first Noel is the sign of God's great love for all. G.K. Chesterton once wrote, All men matter. You matter. I matter. It's the hardest thing in theology to believe. Suzanne Bray comments on this and says, We all have our blind spots those people we don't see through God's loving, compassionate eyes, but only through the lens of our own prejudices, and perhaps those whom we don't see at all, those we somehow don't even notice are there. The Christmas story gives us a better narrative, though. Faith isn't based on, how will I know, but on the incarnation. The arrival of the King of Israel is a sign that we all matter. There is no greater peace than that. So let's join Zechariah in the singing of peace that is greater than the doubt, but as God intended all the life to be, sound, whole, and well in our being.